Oh, hello there. After being sick with a pretty horrendous cold, kind of still sick, but I'm back after the gig is back. Welcome. I know you were worried, but we're back. Today on the show, I have the great, the really, really great, the really, really, really great Scott Terry. Scott Terry is the front man of Red Wanting Blue. They're a fantastic band out of the Ohio area, if you haven't heard of them. Hopefully you have, and hopefully you go check out some of their music. Scott is such a sweetheart, and he was such a pleasure to talk to, so I'm really looking forward to uh, having you guys check out this episode. But first, let me tell you about a couple things. If you want to email into the show, if you want to ask some questions, if you want to chat it up, you can email into afterthegigpod at gmail.com. If you are so inclined and you want to be an amazing person and support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash after the gig. On the Patreon page, I have exclusive content. There's unreleased audio. I have blog posts, vlog posts. Just last night, actually, if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning or Tuesday in general, on Sunday night, the 25th, patrons and I got together via Zoom in my kitchen and I taught everybody how to make an old fashioned. So that's pretty cool. If you want to check it out, be a part of the community, check out After the Gig on Patreon. Please make sure you hit the subscribe button, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff helps out the show. And that's it. I'm done. So without further ado, here's part one of a two-part episode with Scott Terry from Red Wanting Blue. Enjoy. I will never leave you. You have become so much a part of me. Hatchwork memory. So I'm looking at your guitars behind you. You oh, yeah. play, you play, is it a, a baritone uh, ukulele or is it a, t- it's a tenor guitar or is it's, it both? It's, well, it's basically, I mean, I'm playing like a baritone. That's, it's strung and tuned that way, which is, you know, it's a, it's a guitar just missing your, missing the, the bottom two, you know, your, gotcha. your E and your A. So uh, just, yeah. So I, um, I started, right. I started. I don't know. Like I was, I started playing 15 years ago or so, or I mean, or maybe early two thousands, somewhere in that vicinity after I was in the band, I just didn't really have anything to play. So I always took it as a, uh, um, sort of just like a songwriting thing, you know, to be like, I need to be able to like explain myself. And I started, and you know how it is when you're with other guys that, already know how to play so many other instruments and they're so much better than you Mm. that you're like, man, I kind of, not, not that I was like, I need to have my own thing, but it's just so intimidating that you're like, Oh my God, you guys are so much farther ahead than I am that like the thought of just, you know, plunking around. And this is back at a time when we were like, you know, everybody, we were never, we were around each other constantly. So finding that moment to be like, learning you know yeah. and then traveling so much at one point a friend um actually a producer of one of jen's plays uh in the city uh who i believe is i believe his name is danny goldberg but he was playing which is the same name as our 
manager, uh, incidentally, but, uh, he played one, he played a little uke and I remember hearing it. I was like, wow, that sounds so good. And he's like, oh yeah, man, it's really, you know, easy. And he kind of like explained it in, in a way for me that I was like, wow, I gotta get one of those. And, mm. you know, and you, you know, so that was sort of it, but, you know, getting the, getting the old Mel Bay book. And then like, it seemed small enough that I could travel with it and like noodle with it and right. start it and then just kind of jump right in and start writing songs with it. So, but I never thought I was going to play it live. Like that was back at the time where you're like, I'm front man, lead singer, and I'm not going to be doing anything like that. Right. And, but as the songs started getting written and I would, you know, strum these things, everybody took on different parts. And then, you know, the guys were like, Hey, if, it would be great if you could still play the rhythm or just, you know, strum this, this, this part. So I, um, shocked and horrified and they weren't now they've, you know, in 15 or 15 or so years, they've gotten much better with the pickups and stuff okay, for, yeah. for these things. But at the time it was like, they don't even ring out. I mean, it's going to be a nightmare and I don't want to be the guy standing up there with a the ukulele. Um, so, uh, I originally had the, like a regular concert uke, which then I moved to the baritone uke because that's just, I just love the sound of it. it, it they, they're, uh, they're kind of my favorite instrument. But then for playing purposes, the guys were like, I think Eric was like, if you got a tenor guitar, he's like, it's this, it's basically just, you can tune it, string it up the same exact way you have your baritone uke, but to, you know, people in an audience, they'd be like, that guy's got an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Like aesthetically, so, it's more aesthetic. Pleasing. Yeah, yeah. It just looks more like you're like, Oh cool. That's your acoustic. And you're like, Oh yeah. Right. And then, Oh yeah. And, so, and then people would, you know, they do the double take, like, does that only have four strings? You know, yeah. that's what I and did this, the first time I saw you play it. I was like, wait a second. That's not an acoustic guitar. What is he playing? <laughs> and it's funny that you say that you, you took it up so late because I would never, I would never think that like whenever I hear you play it, I'm always like, Oh wow. He must, this must've been a thing that he's done forever because it's, oh, it's, wow. it, it, it's it, like, it fits in so much and it, it's great. And plus those moments that, you know, Eric was talking about with you for rhythm parts. It's yeah. perfect for when the band comes down and a moment with just you and the tenor guitar and the, and the vocal and stuff. It's like, it's a really nice, um, it's a really nice flavor that you guys have in your music that not many other people have. It's very oh. unique. Well, you know what? I'm glad that makes me feel really good when you say that. Cause I, you know, I, it's the only, I mean, it's, it was just the truth of how it all played out, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, I do, I will say, yeah, I think that the, as I started writing more with it, which is kind of what I picked it up for, I was never somebody, sometimes I've had some people who, are very traditional, like Hawaiian pickers right. on them. And they're like, you know, look at me to play it. And I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't do anything like that. I was like, I just, for me, it's just like a, like a kid's get, it's like your boy's lube. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just an instrument for the sake of making songs. And, um, they, uh, but you can't help, but sort of write and you know, it's a very, you strum it very percussively because right. it doesn't ring out. It doesn't resonate very well. So it just became for me kind of like this, uh, when I would, you know, hand over songs to the band and say like, this is a song I've been working on. They'd be like, I love that. You need to kind of keep that going, you know? So yeah. 
it, whether I knew it or not, it was kind of became a part of some of those songs like walking shoes and things like that, you know, where you're, it's just becomes part of the, the song so fast. Um, I always had, see, I, I, when I was a kid, I, I grew, I grew up in choirs and I did, learned a little bit of piano early on, which, um, I have nothing to show for it now. I'm terrible. I mean, I'm terrible. <laughs> but but I I screwed up my hands when I was a kid. I just like falling, doing like BMX bike stuff and falling, and not you know not telling my parents because I didn't want to get in trouble for doing something stupid. So my hands are pretty rough, which is why I had a couple failed attempts at buying acoustic guitars through like end of high school and into college and it just never stuck. So there's something about these little guys just being like, it's like a couch cushion, you know, it's always yeah. around. And for, oddly enough, everybody in the band, because you know, you've been in the bus, like there's one that just always hangs there. Yeah. Everybody knows how to play it now. <laughs> you know, it's cool. It's a, it's so it's a, it's been, it's been an interesting thing. I never thought it would be so much a part of my identity, but now I find myself collecting them whenever I can find them. Cause you know, they're, they're not, uh, they're not easy to find. You know? No, I, I think I remember having a conversation with you before that, you know, someone that makes them. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I've met a couple people and I've been fortunate if I had a couple people, um, gift me a couple, uh, there's, which neither are here at the moment, but, um, yeah, there's a guy. There's a guy I know in particular named Jim Chambers who just recently made me one. And it's, he's he does really really awesome stuff. I'm surprised if Carbon Leap doesn't have anything from from him. I'm, I imagine that that day will come. He we met him through uh, Alternate Roots. Okay. And when when Eric and I did the ARWB mm-hmm. little that acoustic quartet show uh, and one of the shows. We met him through that, and I had I remember marveling at Eric Donnelly's amp. He had this like really beautiful custom made wooden amp. Oh and yeah, I've seen that amp that he has. Yeah, it's, it's so it's awesome. It sounds so good. And honestly, I think that Jim Chambers, who made that, I think he's more of a. Um, he's definitely a, a great woodworker, and I think I mean he's awesome with his with whatever he does, but that was kind of how I, I didn't know he did guitars. I just thought he was a, uh, a guy who built, he, he built amps. So he yeah. built one for, and he built one for Eric. And at one point he built one for me, which I have like over here, which is really cool. Um, and then he was, he had talked about like moving into the world of baritone. I think, it, I think the baritone ukulele thing for him was like, that's an interesting project. Like that's something yeah. fun I haven't done yet. So he started noodling with them and, um, yeah, I'm, yeah. So I'm very lucky to say that I got one from him. It's at TR Crandall at the moment right now, you know, getting work souped on. up, you know, getting, getting worked work. on a little, yeah, you know how it is getting worked on a little work under the hood there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Uh, what did you end up doing uh, before you even started playing these as far as writing songs? Was it, uh, would you sit down behind a piano and just kind of putz around like with melodies yeah. and chords and stuff like that and just try to figure it out? Or did you have a different method? It feels like such a lifetime ago now that, I, yeah, I, it, it shocks me when I look back and see that there were a number of records that we wrote where I was not playing anything and I was basically getting, um, it kind of went one of two ways where I was either being delivered a bed of music from the band 
from like Mark or um, Epp was our original guitar player um, back a long, long time ago. But we, they would just kind of either, we'd either be jamming, you know, it was very college. It was very, uh, you know, we were just, I'd hear a piece of music. I think that that was something that they were playing was really cool. We'd work on that and piece things together. Mark was the one where the songwriting became, uh, everything kind of jumped to the next level. I felt like Mark delivered, he still to this day will hand over these like awesome sound beds of music of just wow. like, well, you know, we hear something like, wow. And he's like, just go off and like, listen. And you can hear for, he's a, he's a, a real whisperer, a Scott whisperer. He just knows kind of what I like. And he can know that like, here's where the, here's where the verse will be. Here's a kind of a chorus idea and he'll hand it over. And it's never a full song. It'll always be like two minutes. Right. And from that, I mean, for years, it because my favorite part about that would be I'm not writing in my own, you know, everyone has their own comfort zone as far as like, like if, if you asked me, like, let me hear a song that I was writing or any number of them, you'd be like, they're all sort of between 80 and 90 BPM. <laughs> you know, like, right. It's, it's just like an area that's comfortable. So getting someone who doesn't think that way and they're giving you something at 120, you're like, oh, cool. Like it's just your head starts to think differently about stuff. So, um, but if it wasn't done that way, and there was a lot of stuff that I wrote on my own, I just had, I knew I had like a melody and I would craft out verses, choruses, bridges, all with a, a melody and write all the lyrics out it just was missing. Um, it was basically just missing a, an arrangement, you know, or, uh, you know, mm -hmm. a chord structure. And, and that's actually why the guys at one point, I remember Mark Steprow when Mark was in the band, Mark was the one who was a big advocate for like, you should, he was like, dude, you really should just be, you really have to learn something. Like you really should just, yeah. he's like, because he was like, and I think it, it might've been you're my Las Vegas at the time. Um, it may or may not have been, but I, and at that time I, I was starting to like really pick up the uke and screw around with it. But he, I remember him specifically saying you in, you know, everybody writes differently, but you are someone who knows exactly what you're looking for and how, how you can, you, you just don't have the vocabulary to basically say, this is it. Right. And he's like, if you just learn those simple chords, he's like, I don't know a lot of chords. And he's like, here, you know, this is a three chord song. And that literally, if you just can learn that and do that on your own, you have written the entire thing. Right. You're kind of waiting on someone else to say, okay, like I, I think I'm hearing you, you know, like I think I get the translation, but it will always. And when I was younger, I was very, I think a out of laziness and also out of, um, the idea of it being collaborative that like, yeah. this is what I'm delivering and whatever you come up with that, like we'll make it work. And sometimes it was a better compromise. A lot of times it was a worse compromise where you're like, <laughs> that's not kind of what I expected. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, ultimately just in an effort to kind of explain what I was thinking for the song, that's how that kind of worked out. I mean, I think about you guys a lot too. I know that, um, you know, I've, I've asked John about, like Barry, because I, you know, he doesn't, I mean, I know he plays instruments, uh, but he only does like the penny whistle 
thing on stage and i was always wondering like wow you don't you know does he show up and he's like strumming guitars and writing songs that way or is he yeah yeah you know, i always wondered that no he does it, he so just imagine imagine someone that has an acoustic guitar that needs to figure out uh, uh a melody it's the same thing that exact same thing that you're talking about like he can play a g chord you know he can play the chords but he can't play it the same way that either terry or or carter or myself or john can play you know so it's just right. it's one of those um things where he uses it as a tool to to create melodies and moods and stuff underneath so right. i mean when we recorded uh gathering two Mm-hmm. I just showed up and I, you know, I flew in and, and he had these songs and he, he's one of these guys that can come up with a whole kind of vision and, and uh, a feeling or a mood behind music and behind a project. And he is like, he's got the whole thing like figured out, you know, and, and yeah. maybe it's not, maybe it's not that way the whole time, but right. it's a very specific thing and a lot of a lot of the part that he um that he has such a grasp on and i'm sure that you have a really great great grasp on because you're a lyric writer and songwriter is is the story behind the lyrics and um you know he does a lot of writing he does a lot of research when he writes about different topics so um that's a part of it that i kind of like discount not discount that's the wrong. That's the absolute wrong word to say. But I'll I'll look I'll look over. It. It'll go over my head, and I'll focus more on on the right. on the specific words and like where the chord hits and and the mood within the song. And I like to right. kind of create an arrangement or whatever and uh, do that part of it. Obviously, the rhythmic part and whatever. But sure. um, but yeah, it's interesting. He he does yes to answer your question. He does know how to play guitar um, right. and get the chords going. But it's just very interesting. That one time, which was my first um, recording project with the band, was that yeah. like he had this thing all figured out. And he's just like, okay, so we're going to do this, and this is going to be the rhythm, and this is going to be like this, and this is going to be like this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, wow. and you, yeah. and I just tried to fill in, and everyone does like just tries to fill in where they think, you know, oh, this would be cool, and then it ends up in the soup, you know? Right. Um, I think yeah, I feel like it, that's an amazing thing. I think it's great. The collaborative process of, of like. I still am a huge fan of like, I, I love that, you know, um, which is, uh, like, I feel like our band has kind of gotten that it's, we've gotten to like a really nice place with it now after all the years. I mean, you know, early on when it was like, we had members kind of coming, you know, not coming and going, but we just, when you're young, you know, your people are figuring life out. So it's like right. these people worked in college and I mean, and then, we had a couple of people early on. I want to say like, I don't know, like between 99 and like 2004. Yeah. There was, there were a few people, there were, we had a few changes, a member changes. And um, so, but we were already an established band and you know, that feeling of being an established band. So whoever the songwriter was sort of, you know, like, you're like, well, I guess that's my job now, you know, we're, and then everyone and people jump in cause they're coming on, they're jumping into a moving train. And the one thing you're thinking of is you're like, I really like this person. Cause you know, when you're thinking about having a band member, you know how it is. It's like, basically, I mean, it's also, it's such a marriage that you're like, well, yeah. I'm, I want this person to be family. We have to, we, 
want them to, you know, we want to be able to say, we like this person. We get along with this person. We have a similar style, you know, I was talking uh, about similar... this on a, at a previous, on a previous podcast. It's like you're dating, you're, you're yeah. dating these people. Yeah, you really are. And, the, and oddly enough, I feel like one of the last things that at least when I think back on it, that I don't know that we paid that much attention to, and maybe this is my own arrogance because I was writing songs and, you know, and Mark was the two of us who did, did a lot of the songwriting, but that was, it was not my concern to think like, how is Dean as a songwriter, you know, or, you know, I didn't, I didn't go there. You know, Eric joined the band kind of shortly before these magnificent miles. I mean, like within a couple months, you know, I couldn't imagine being like, Oh God, I'm like, I just joined this group and we're making a record right now. Like, I don't exactly <laughs> know what I'm doing. You know, like, so uh, every, we, I always kind of, everyone just kind of got thrown in, you know, uh, in onto the moving train. And I think as everyone got comfortable got seated into their positions, um, started, started feeling more open about like getting into that, you know, or, Hey, what do you say about like, we switch this up or change this part or, you know, um, to make it, you know, I, I felt like we've always been a band that was okay with, uh, with change, certainly, especially in the live settings of being like, you know, I don't want you to feel like, I wouldn't want Dean to feel beholden to playing something the way a drummer played it, you know, before he got there, right. you know, as long, I mean, within reason, you know, but if you're yeah. like, if, you know, and usually that always works out for the better. I and remember those, that being a big thing. Things. I remember that being a big thing when I joined Carbon Leaf, like John and, and, and everybody, everybody in the band would say like, just play it how you're in the band. Cause you're you and right. play it how you play it. You know, we're, yeah. you're going to, you got to play the song, but yeah. you don't have to do everything specifically the way that Jason did it or the way that, um, right. uh, you know, uh, Milstead, you know, from years ago, but, um, yeah, but that's, and that's an important thing. That's a huge, that's a huge thing. It is. For, you it know, is being able to feel like you're, you're getting to put your fingerprints on something, you know, right, right. and owning, owning something. And I think it, it will, I'm sure that, helps lend itself as you move forward writing things you know what i mean of course feeling comfortable and, and getting to collaborate that way um and it's funny because you're touch like talking about the that songwriting process and the nuts and bolts and how you ha how you guys had pieces uh you know leaving and coming in and stuff like right. that i think it touches on like a like a bigger aspect of being in a band that's been around for so long and that's been established and successful is like just being able to get things done, like have, mm. I, have ideas and, right. and execute them from start to finish and do it over and over and over again, regardless of who's there just to keep the train going. Like yeah. that in itself, I don't, does that seem like just like, Oh, that's just normal. That's just how it goes to you. Or does, does that like kind of spark something? Mm. No, I mean, I think, I think it was certainly the, the method because you know how it is when you're in a band, uh, we're all like sharks, you know, you have to keep moving. If you don't move, you know, you die. So <laughs> yeah. everyone, everybody was, you know, we were always working on the next thing or touring endlessly and then trying to work on the next, the next music. I, th I felt like I had, a, there were during those, um, you know, from 2005 through, you know, 
certainly through 2015, that, like that decade, I felt like a lot of pressure to just be like, I'm apparently, cause I'm the lyricist and I'm the front man. And you're like, well, I guess I'm sort of the, you know, we're, we write autobiographical songs. I write autobiographical songs. So I guess I'm becoming, you know, I'm sort of this chief songwriter person, whether I like it or not. I took on a lot of that pressure, um, which was fine. And I think we have great, I think we, we made some great records for that. What was, what's been nice in the last few years though, is that, as everyone's sort of gotten comfortable and into their, you know, come into their own and they've all learned, we've all learned from each other. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think they, we all know how making, we've all made multiple records together. And uh, I think that, you know, we've gotten to know our shipping lanes. We all know how to sort of stay within our own lanes and at the same time um, work together, you know? So I, I feel like, the wanting was probably the most collaborative record we ever made, you know, gotcha. and that was, and that was great. I mean, that was, again, the process of it was, uh, was absolutely awesome. I'm hoping that we keep, we follow suit with the next record, this next record that we're working on now, you know, so that we every, that every piece is coming from, you know, I don't want, I don't want any one person to feel like I'm, you know, I'm the guy in charge and you know, I'm only interested in doing my thing, you know? Right. So as far as like ideas go in the band, whether, you, uh, you know, for live stream, the live stream that you guys just did and, and mm -hmm. just like record, um, just ideas with the record and, yeah. and how they're going to get pushed forward and, and different aspects to that. Like who are, are you the guy or uh, the main kind of uh creative force there or or does it work kind of like the music where there's other pieces coming in i think that i mean i get um that's a good question i um i mean i think we're all we we all jump in on it but i i would say certainly for like um for for myself i i know when i I know when I feel like we're on to something or I'm, I'm doing something and I feel like, you know, it's, and it's always a great, it doesn't always happen right away. Mm -hmm. There's been, you know, there've been some things where you're, we're just kind of putting in songs and then, you know, three quarters of the way through whatever we're doing, uh, a song will come out and say, you go, wow, this is actually, I think this is somehow the cornerstone of the whole thing. And like now everything else gets to make sense around this thing. Gotcha. It's always, it's always better when that happens in the beginning. <laughs> You're like, this yeah. is great. Like make this the nucleus and everything can work around it. And, um, if it happens at the but, end then you're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You're like, Oh God, you know, but you, yeah, you, but you know, you know, you've had enough good stuff to move forward. It's just maybe more disjointed. Right. Um, right. but yeah, we try, try to work it that way. Uh, and like, like this next record that we're working on, like I already know what the name of it will be. Songs are sort of very brother and sistery, mm. um, you know, and that's another thing too. You know, you write songs that are kind of, we've had so many songs that don't, some that lay on the, you know, the cutting room floor for a long time. And at least for our band, I, I would say there have been times where you pick that up and like we rework something, but usually if it's like, it's not worked on right away, we kind of keep going forward because you know, everything, the, the juices that are kind of creating the, the main stuff, I feel like it all just lends itself to, you know, uh, ultimately at the end of the day, you'd be, you're left with a more cohesive thing. Cause it was all sort of worked on in the same time period. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, that, make, that makes sense. 
Yeah. So, uh, the stuff that we've all been getting, it's been like, you know, and that's the one thing I moved, I'm living in, you know, I live in Brooklyn, um, Eric's in, uh, New Jersey and Dean and, or Dean lives in Youngstown, three hours away from Columbus. And, uh, Mark and Greg are still in Columbus. So we're all in separate spots and we've been like that for years. So the whole sending, sending each other tracks and kind of that all, we've been doing that for a long time. So yeah, that's um, not new. Yeah. No, that's not a new thing for, for certainly for our band. Um, but yeah. Oh, so over this last year, it's just been, you know, one of the only things you can do, <laughs> you know? So do you ever think that, good. do you ever think that that benefits you guys in a way that, that there is some space between? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Because, you know, I mean, again, I feel like there's not a lot of people I know that are in our line of work that are like, I'm joining a new group at 40, you know, or, you know, most of us all started as kids around college, you know, and you, you know, whether you, whether you get shuffled around or you've been in the same band for 20 years or whatever it is, it's, you know, you find yourself with a lot of the same people you're living in, you know, whether it's like, Oh, now I'm joining this band. This band lives in another city. They have a, a room available. So I'm just going to move because I'm joining this band. I'm going to be a roommate to this person. And like so many stories and like, you know, bands have happened, you know, this way that, um, and I don't think that we're, we're different from that. I think we've, I know at one point I was, Mark and I were roommates over the years. Greg and I were roommates over the years. Uh, Dean was sort of like a, you know, a a pseudo roommate over the years. You know, we've all, you know, had that. And I think, um, I think at one point just being able to say like, I'm, you know, engaged, we're going to get married, you know, people are getting married and, and having their own lives and having their own space for us, I think became very important. And I think it also made our band more productive, uh, when we get together because, you know, there were plenty of times where we were all in the same city and nothing was getting done because we're all kind of around one another and there's no stress over it, you know, or there was no need to create a schedule. Not that we're creating a schedule for the sake of writing songs, but a lot more, you know, but blocking out time for, to do things. And, uh, and I always feel like we're very productive when we do that. And then everyone gets to go back, have their own lives, have their own space. And, you know, I think that helps for writing, for inspiration, for everything, you know, people need that. At least we do. Yeah. Well, you guys just had the big live stream come up, which you went over there, which there were some issues with. I know oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when we you were, <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, well, I actually, I feel bad because John showed, told me that it was on YouTube. I was like, oh, I'll pop it on. I even realized they were, you know, I'm in my own world over here. So I, mm-hmm. I put it on the, I was able to put it on YouTube on the TV and I feel bad. I feel like I owe you money for a ticket. Um, <laughs> but I, I, man, the way you guys did it, all the stuff aside, uh, that happened, it was incredible. It was so well, it was so well thought out. I absolutely love the behind the scenes, uh, videos that you guys had the the pre-recorded videos. That was amazing. Um, it sounded fantastic. Um, 
every everything about it was just so fun. It was it was so original to you guys, well, which, thanks, which was great. Where where did you guys do it, and is it available for people to watch um, now, or has it already that, been taken off? That's a good question. You know, that's a great question. Um, I believe. Well, I believe everyone who bought it is you know bought a ticket. I think, or there was an option to to own the thing. Okay. Uh, to own the, to own the show. Um, and I'm sure you can still get that now on our site. Um, we did it in our warehouse space. We did it in Columbus, Ohio, where at our, our band's warehouse space, which has been a sort of, uh, it's a studio rehearsal space, um, storage facility. It's like, it's basically the hub for our band. Yeah, that, and, makes sense. Um, that makes sense to me because I was like, I was watching, I was like, where did they like, rent a studio and just move all of this stuff in. And then I was thinking mm -hmm. over time when I was watching with, with Genevieve, yeah. I was like, I was like, no, this has to be their space because there's <laughs> no way anyone would move that much stuff in. But I was confused right. because with a band like yours that brings in all its own, like, you know, it, I wouldn't put it past you basically. Well, thanks. Man. But well, you know, it was great when we, when we talked about doing it and, you know, and I'm again, we've seen a lot of how to do things uh, right and wrong with other bands over the last year of, right. of doing these, these live streams and stuff. I just felt like, you know, again, safe for safety purposes and what you can't give, you can't give uh, a, a real, like a, um, I want to not say like a live show, but we were, we were worried about, obviously doing everything uh, as safely as possible. And so we wanted to, it's just us and skeleton crew. And um, I felt like when you can't have the live energy, the energy of a live show, mm -hmm. what works a, a, a nice, um, if you can't give people that a nice thing you can give them is letting them in on sort of like, your world. You know what I mean? I think that that's one of the most, I I've certainly learned that watching over the last year, when you're seeing someone popping up online to do a little performance in their, in their living room or their music space. And you go, Oh, wow, that's interesting. That's so that's, that's like, that's the, that's where that person lives or that's that person's couch or that's person, yeah. you know, like that's their studio. Interesting. You know, you get to see little things like that. I've always been fascinated by that. And I thought, you know, if we let people in to see where, you know, where we make the chocolate, you know, that would be a fun thing. And because we have years, you know, of stage junk that we've collected and these old things that are all, it's all lovable, memorable junk. Um, it just seemed like this is the place to do it. You know, we had, we had a couple of spots that whether it be actual music venues or a space where, you know, the, the film crew that we, we use, they have their own space and they were like, you know, we'll have, you can come in and bring whatever you want here. And it was like, yeah, but that's not like, we kind of want to let people in to see like our stuff, you know? Right. So we're not going to be able to bring the wall of mugs and we're not going to do all, we, it felt like it felt fun in that way. And, you know, I'm also, I'm lucky that my better half, you know, she has a, video production company. So she's very good at being able to like, when we've watched over the last year of like 
watching things just, you know, I picked up a lot from her, you know, like those little pre-recorded pieces that you talked about, those little inner, she calls them uh, interstitials. Yeah. That's the right word. Yeah. And being like, Oh, and she was like, see how nice that is. How, how nicely that breaks up a viewing experience for someone watching something online and you go, all right. You know, and you guys, I watched your live stream and you guys did it too. You know, you have these things, these nice things to break it up. And so I, you know, learning, learning from other people that, you know, um, the big thing that I remember when I was talking with Jen about what we were going to do, you know, it was, it was the handheld camera the hand, you know, the movement of that, a handheld that and itself she, in it, in it, in itself was, yeah. was the, I mean, it was the, the best part about it because it made it, so, so, it made it I'll, so three dimensional. I'll tell her that you said that. That's great. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it, it, like I, I wanted to do that for, for our live streams, but our problem was we didn't have a whole camera crew. So I, right. I was like, all right, well, I got myself a nice camera, nice lenses and stuff. And, and I was like, all right, this will be the main guy and, and we'll try to light it properly. We'll do the, the videos in between to break it up. But we'd never had that movement to like get in there on the, on the the guitar solos or like behind the drums and really like get to see the inner working. That's the best part of these live streams is to get to see up close what the actual musicians are doing. Um, right. I think like see the pedal boards and like see them stomp on the things and see them hit the strings. And I think like you guys did it fucking perfectly. It was, it well, was great. I, I, there's, there was definitely a lot to still, you know, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you see it that way. You know, yeah. I'm glad that, you know, I, I still remember watching G, Dean and I were watching it and, you know, uh, you know, right away thinking like, Oh man, like here's what we can improve on next time. And of course, uh, you know, the, for for me, you know, and you know, Jen wasn't a part of that, and Jen's, you know, she. I told you about her shoulder. She's right. in a really tough spot here with that. But you know, like, just know having anybody who's like knows your songs really well, mm-hmm. being able to call those shots and directing the shots, like that's so important. And there's certain things like I see that we had in ours where you're like this is a uh, Eric solo in younger years. Why is it the camera on me? Like, why is it, you know, yeah. or like, you know, or Dean's talking and the cameras, you know, or whatever. Like there were certain things you go, okay, it's a live stream. And this, you know, we're, 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 we we did, you're doing the best we can with our crew. I would have, uh, I would have looking back now being like, okay, I would have called some things and, and, you know, and again, you're dealing with film people or technical people that you are bringing in and, you say, I kind of want this to be really dark or this to be this color. I want a color, different color per song, you know? Yeah. And, and they say, well, the, you know, for the quality of the cameras that we have, it would be better if we have a little more light, you know? And right. I remember thinking like, okay, well, I guess if, you know, you know, best you're the camera people. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the one when they go, it was really dark. The whole thing we watched was really terrible because well, it was so I told dark. you. Yeah, they'll say, I told you. And they go, oh, well, that was me fighting it. But then I look back on it and I go, oh, man. Like, I, because I, my big one was like Hope on a Rope. I was like, it's got to be dark. Like, I have to yeah. make that song dark. And then we watch it and I was like, see, we could have done more of that, you know. So we'll, yeah. we live and we learn, you know, with it. But, um, but I'm, I, I really, the big thing that I'm so, I'm so proud of with it was, was following the, uh, was following, uh, the call of get, having handhelds, you know, being like, don't worry about having like more cameras that, you know, that are stationary, 
you know, mm-hmm. the most important thing is the handheld movement because yeah. that's, that's what makes it feel so vital while watching it. And, oh, yeah. um, yeah. So like, you know, if, if we, if we had to do it again, that's certain, you know, or, that would definitely be like my number one, like keep that, that really worked. That was really great. You know, the technical stuff too. And that's a hard thing, you know, I mean, I'm glad that we survived it. I mean, I feel like and anybody who's been doing these things over the last year, you're brushing up against the guardrails on something. If, if it's not one technical thing, it's another. And, um, you know, despite all of our greatest efforts, we still hit, you know, the, the, the technical roadblock. Uh, now what of, happened? Was it the, the server on your website just wasn't, wasn't robust okay. enough to handle the traffic? We, uh, you know, I don't even want to be able to, I don't want to say that because I know that, I mean, Greg is, you know, he he's very savvy with all of this stuff. And despite all of our, and all of his efforts to make sure that we had like three times as much bandwidth required of, you know, we, we had, it's, we had so much available, you know, and, you know, and I, I, I remember being the guy, the guy who was like, you know, I'm so not technical. I just remember going like, well, I don't know. I have a bad feeling. Are you sure? You know, and and yeah. you, you can't really, you know, bet anything off of just saying, I don't know. I have a bad feeling, but, um, I, I know, I know that right before the show there was, and I'm sure it has to do with, uh, you know, all of the, uh, people logging in and that, that activity, yeah. but, uh, but we wound up getting hacked and there were like a hundred posts and links to, fraudulent sites with our pictures on it which was oh very God. weird first time i'd ever seen that before and there, so there were people there like deleting posts and trying to you know and, and you know that feeling where everyone's like i can't get in i can't get in and people just keep going so they're basically like locking us out of it's our like own shut ability. it down yeah it was it just got it got so locked up and then uh i know there was a quick trying to move it over to like a stage it you know and we tried to make that work um but i i think that there was an issue with just trying to get the lists of everyone that were you know the ticket buyers and being able to get them that at, at one point you know i was i think and everybody was like well, listen we just have to go let's just get this going you know? right right for nothing else you know i felt like if we were just to film it and release it later i was like that would be such a disappointment so i was like just keep it live figure it out you know and you guys did the the right thing and and it's funny because um over over the last year you find all these different companies you know stage it you have mandolin you have bubble up we use bubble up and and i originally was like there's gotta be a way for us to be able to sell the tickets and do the right. live stream on our site and all this stuff. And, and you just don't realize how much, how much backend stuff is going on and, and this, how the servers are, are more powerful and they yeah. integ- integrate things into the, it's yeah. So true. So true. I, I didn't know. I mean, again, we did everything that you're supposed to do and you find out, yeah, well, but even still, you know, you're not, you're not so massive, uh, that you can't, you know, you can't fight off like, yeah, being hacked and things like that. So, you know, we live, we live and we learn, but I, I definitely remember thinking that like, wow, those companies really just need to like the fastest way to, to get go. Okay. We're just going to go with them and that'll be done is that they'll say, go with us. 
it'll be worth it because you won't get hacked. <laughs> you know, like you, you'll be able to, you know, to have that ease. And that's again, we're because our bands are so similar in so many ways right. that um, we because we've got a really robust infrastructure to our our online store and the website, and it's like you know, we've had an infrastructure in place for years for selling tickets and doing things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I think on, you know, for Greg and when we, we talked about it and the whole thing was an experiment of like, how do we do this and make this as, you know, as successful as possible on all, you know, not just as for fans and as a viewing experience, but how do we do this and make it, you know, as successful for for us personally and as a business, certainly during you know, this past year where, you know, we haven't been able to do as much. So, um, it became, it just became a, a choice of like, okay, well, you know, we originally we talked about doing it with Topeka, but once they kind of stopped doing the live show things where they were going out to you, yeah, that's where we said, we're not, beho- we're not beholden to anyone to do anything one way or another. So let's just, let's just try it ourselves. Let's see if we can do it. And yeah, so we did it and now I go, okay, uh, next time we do it, we will not deal with the stress of that situation ever again at the, you know, and that was the hardest part is just to know that we did everything, you know, on our end. And, and I remember thinking like, there's literally nothing I could do. <laughs> you know, because, uh, <laughs> you're like, I am good at, we're good at, you know, we've, we've crafted song lists. We've got a space that looks great. We have lighting, we have film crew, all this stuff. Any of this stuff you're like, I can't, I was in charge of, or we can't help set up. But that is, yeah, the, for me, the internet and all that stuff, it's such a nebulous uh, area. So I was, just, you know, I was sort of relieved on some level that you're like, nobody look at me because I'm not going to be able to say like, I've got an idea. I know. Hey, yeah. hey, you know, <laughs> this wouldn't be the first time where the only thing that stops a baby crying is turning on YouTube. <laughs> right, right. That's <laughs> uh, great. It's true. Yeah. Um, so. Do you guys think you'll do another one? Uh, maybe, you know, I'm not ruling it out. I'm not ruling yeah. it out. So I, I think that like, again, just the timing of how, you know, the timing of us doing it and then, you know, wanting to give enough time before we do another, um, it will, you know, I think that we're going to be in the throes of summer and, you know, doing things outside. So, but I do think it's nice to know now that we've gone to such lengths to do it, that I think it opens up the possibility Whereas before, I don't think a lot of people would be doing, I think, I think there was certainly less, uh, excitement over doing live streams. Whereas now I think people have gotten used to some of the comforts of having that, you know, I think pre pandemic, I would have been like, who's doing a live stream. That's, I don't want to watch that. Like, I'm just not interested. Lame. Whereas now you're like, Oh, you know, around, I'm already thinking about like, Oh, the holidays, that might be nice. Yeah. You know, the thought of having to do, um, you know, cause I, again, we, we both know how it goes and this was the first holiday season in, I don't know how many years that I didn't have a show, you know, yeah. where you're not like, Oh, I'm breaking up the holiday with like doing a show at the end of the year or whatever. And I always look forward to them. They're always fun, but, um, and at the time it just didn't work out for us to do a live stream show at the end of the year. But I started thinking, I'm like, that, that should be something that people start incorporating more into their, uh, 
just into their performance schedules of being like, cool, you know, like we're here, we're getting ready to do this thing. We're going to do an acoustic live stream or we're going to do a holiday live stream or something like that, you know? Well, it's a way to think of something special and then be able to, to broadcast it out to your entire fan base, you know, and not, not just the fans in, in Ohio or, um, or whatever, you know, Virginia, it's just like, you're able to think of something interesting and cool and then get it out to everybody. It really, it's brought, true. Really brought it's it true. out. Yeah. I feel like, and I think that, you know, again, learning from how other people do it I, while I think a live stream in a conventional sense, pre pandemic, I would have said, like you just said, eh, that's lame. I'm not really interested in watching that. I'm also, you know, I think that a lot of us are, you know, music geeks and we love watching sessions and we like watching studio, th- you know, things of people in the studio. So any, any of the, any live streams that are kind of crafted in that way that feel like a day trotter or feel right. like, you know, you're in the studio with this group doing something. I, I, I love that stuff. So yeah. I feel like there's always room for those. Yeah. There's always room for that. And depending on how you choose to do the li- like, do I want to see a band playing at a music venue with the stage lights going with no one in a room. No, yeah. not really. I, that's not that exciting to me, yeah. but the thought of having, um, you know, being in whatever X, Y studio, you know, with some, with a, with a group and kind of being a fly on the wall in that, in that way, I think that that's cool. And there's probably room for that in the future too. So yeah, who knows? we'll see. Yeah. So okay. you guys, what do you have uh, booked for, for this year? Are you, you know, we've got cautiously optimistic for whatever's going on. Yeah. I think and we, uh, we have some stuff on the calendar now, which is nice to see things going from like pencil to ink. Um, we kind of decided as a group, you know, this is months back, uh, but we had said we feel comfortable just based on sort of the, the rollout of how things are going here. We said, we're willing to, uh, accept any and all outdoor shows as of Memorial day. Book them, book them. You know, like if we get, if we're getting offers and we're getting things to do outdoor, uh, let's do it. And then we're willing to accept indoor things as of labor day. Yeah. You know, providing, you know, nothing new comes to all of our attention to make us have to like, you know, pull back from that. But it's all at this point, it's been a real, you know, it's just kind of peppering a calendar. You know, there's no tour tour being built and uh, you know, that'll certainly be for 2022, you know, and uh, hopefully, you know, with the new record and whatnot. But, but I think that we're, uh, you know, I mean, I, it's while we're excited to get back out there at the same time, you know, it's going to be different, you know, can already hear a lot of people talking about doing, I think, I think the, uh, the rise of the house concerts are going to be, are going to be coming, coming back now just because so many, so many venues have so, um, you know, have uncertain futures, you know, and I'll tell you, I mean, in New York, we were just, we were just talking about New York times had created this list of uh, restaurants and venues that won't be coming back. And my God, it's like so disappointing, you know, just to see <laughs> like 10 pages long. Yeah. It was like, they need to Rolling Stone needs to make like a nationwide, you know, list just so you can be like, Oh, you know, like, I mean, it's, 
I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, that's a tough thing. So I know things have been particular, uh, sorry to interrupt you. I, no, 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 I, I know things have been particularly rough for, for like New York, especially what is, yeah. since you live there, like what is the actual feeling around the music industry and like just the music scene in New York, say for these venues, you know, like Rockwood and, and things yeah. like that. I mean, are they I, doing nothing right now? I haven't heard anything. I have not heard anyone doing anything yet. I mean, I know the city hasn't like technically opened up. They, there could be something at Rockwood. I mean, I, I know that that's the last time I looked, everything seemed pretty dark. Um, and I know that, uh, I've got some friends who, uh, you know, are always over at, at Bowery electric and those places. Yeah. And, uh, I haven't seen anything really, you know, um, so, yeah, it remains to be seen. Although I will say, we, we just drove by the uh, on the West Side Highway and saw the what is emerging as the new city winery. That's that looks that looks pretty cool. It looks awesome. Yeah, it looks so, awesome. All the pictures that I've seen, the people that have actually played there so far yeah. that are playing there, it looks yeah. it looks great. I'm yeah. glad that, I'm glad that they uh, they did the change and, and yeah. moved it. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm so curious to know how we're going to do the parking over there. Not that they, not that the other one was that, you know, easy either <laughs> being right by the Holland tunnel. But if you're, if you're in New York city and you have the vehicles that, that yeah. we both have, it's like, yeah. come on. It's please. I know it's a mess. Yeah. Someone just needs to like rent out, a, rent the spot buy the spot as well as yep. the, you know, the, the property that they have, they need to have the bus spot that they have all the time and just, right. and just make it like somewhat attainable for people yeah. rather than driving around the block with, with the 45 foot long rig, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> it's true. I kept Crazy. thinking too, I'm like, as I was looking at it, I'm like, okay, so it's going to be a southbound loaded. We're going to have to be on the, you know, cause it's literally on the, <laughs> you know, the West side highway. So you're yeah. going to have to, you know, have the hazards on, pull over, you know, southbound traffic only drop. The, oh man. It's, you know, I mean, they do everything right. So I'm sure they've got their methods for it. I've got that covered, but yeah, it, you know, these are the fun things they think about. I'll tell you what, the one really nice thing about this past year, not to, uh, you know, it's, it's been a weird s- small silver lining for me is that I haven't had any bus stress <laughs> You know, we all have that stress over, you know, it comes with the territory of being a touring band. You're like, I mean, always making sure everything's up and running and going well and all that, you know. Yeah. And that's been a nice thing of of going to sleep every night, not worrying about like, what was that noise? Yeah. What's that? Is something, what is that? You know, what, what is that? Are we going to be okay? You know, not having to worry about, uh, or check, check how ball are the tape of the trailer tires bald. Let's see. Uh, okay. We'll, we make sure we have replacements of those, you know, where's That's the manual. Thing. I need the, I need the engine manual. Yeah. I've got to get, <laughs> we have, the, we have a brand new trailer. Cause remember ours got, we, ours got stolen right did after anything, the rock boat. Did anything end up happening with that? Was it, it was never found nothing. Uh, Greg told me by way of easy pass sending us a ticket. Because it went through Florida, it went through the auto the auto toll area, um, you know, illegally. They right. sent us a ticket saying, uh, "You owe us money." And Greg was like, 
Well, that vehicle was stolen, I'm sorry to say. So yeah. you're gonna have to go find the thieves and get the so, money from them. So we owe you nothing. <laughs> so we know that it we know it went to Florida and we haven't seen it come back. So Florida man steals uh Ohio based band trailer. Unbelievable that that yeah. I know. Well, you know, again, this trailers we've 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 gone through so many of them over the years so it's not the not the end of the world there's a few things i got so excited when we were getting everything ready for the live stream i kind of i already knew i thought we had like the laundry list of of stuff that we were like that was left in the trailer and that's a bummer that we are never going to see that stuff again right one of the things that i thought well, I would have, I bet I would have bet everything. It was there. Like it was in that trailer. We'll never see it again. Was this one of the banners, the pennant banners that I made last year for the rock boat, the RWB and friends banner. I remember when I you were make, making it. You remember when I was making it? Because <laughs> yeah. we were at that venue in Orlando or something. Right. And, right. and you were making it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like cutting it. Yeah. yeah. So I was so bummed. I'm like, oh, I just made that. I was hoping to get another year or something out of that one. <laughs> and then we're going through uh, some of the cases, and I was like, oh, you know, I was uh, no one, no one shared my excitement. They were like, great, okay, yeah. <laughs> but like, but I was so pleased to see it, you know. But that's the fun stuff. Yeah, they're getting getting to keep those things. That's fun. So, is Rocko yeah. happening? uh this this year or next year or what, what's going on with rockbow you're, you're like the rockbow guy well i mean th- thank you for saying that you guys, I'm now have, been, going you to guys say, have been on it a million times <laughs> well you guys have been on it a million times too that's true. um i mean i think uh as of now everything seems to be they're still crossing their fingers that all things are going to be going you know, and I hope, mm-hmm. I hope that does, you know, that's their plan. Everything seems to be moving. I'm sure they're going to have, I'm sure that j- just like the touring, it's going to be different. You know, there's probably going to have some different protocols in place, uh, I would imagine. But, um, you know, I'm, ex- I'm certainly excited for it. I almost want to, if, you know, again, not that I have any say in any of it, but to have it be in early November, they moved it so it could still sort of stay in the year, you know? Right. I, I almost wish that uh, we could just be like, hey, can we just bump it two more months and get it to the end of January? Because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not sure how they're going to move it to the next time, you know, to get it around to it. And just sort of say, we lost one year. Let's just call it for what it is. Right. And, um, you know, put it back in the same calendar spot. Because that's such a clutch spot when it's you're a great like... Spot. It's the end of January, early February breaks up the winter very nicely. Not that I will, I'm not going to complain about going on a cruise ever, but you know, a few weeks before Thanksgiving, you got your minds on, I got family stuff. I got holidays ahead. It's like, right. you know, so. yeah. What's a couple more months to get us back on schedule here. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what right. I'm saying. We'll see who knows, but as of right now, everything's still a go. So that's good. Well, that's it. That's my conversation with Scott Terry. Please stay tuned for the music after my spiel here. And please tune in next week for the continuation and uh, the final part of the conversation with Scott Terry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. If you're new to the podcast, send me an email. After the gig pod, gmail.com. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. So um, that's it, guys. I'll see you next week. Love you all. Where you two shot to see what I wanted to
Easy, baby. I wanna win the, the girl before. 